Brotherhood of the Silver Screen back at you live from my basement. Dove's here. Hello. Athena's here. Hey. Joey's here. What's going on? And yours truly. Uh, Luke is here and uh, Brad is over here on the computer. This week we are doing <laughs> big ticket item. We're going to talk about what's going on in Hollywood. Joey has written a review. I have. And without further ado. Here's my review. It's your cue. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay, so I do want to preface this just briefly and say that um, this movie was kind of was very hard for me to like write an in-depth review just because I only got to see it once. Um, it's almost three hours long, and being a Tarantino film, it's just packed with layers. It's got so much going on. So I, for me, this is for me this review is not quite as probably long and in-depth as a normal review I would do. Yeah. It's more so. It's more so my general take on the movie, how I felt about it, mm-hmm. and it'll open up discussion for the three of us to say anything else we want to say about it, um, or you guys can disagree with me, whatever. But I just want to say that that if it feels almost general, what? Four of us. Three others. Four of us. Oh my he, gosh! He was saying he three others. Oh my gosh! System. I forgot my No, he wife. didn't. He said three of us. Three of three of you all. Yeah. No, I said, I said, I said us. No, I he, said us. He, he definitely. I did. I did. That's what he meant. I'm used to thinking okay. of us as a trio. It's just five of us, really. Um, <laughs> can't forget about our engineer. All right. Anyway, anyway, this is a little bit more general than I uh, than I would probably normally do. I'm just saying that just as a preface, so that if it feels that way, it's because this movie is. It's just got so much going on. And I need to watch it like three more times before I feel like I'll really understand it. Okay. Anyway, here is my review. Quentin Tarantino's new movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, plays out like a nostalgic fever dream about the Hollywood golden age and the black spot that brought an end to it, the tape murders. Like Tarantino's other film, Inglorious Bastards, this film is an alternate take on history. It asks the question, what if the tape murders had a happy ending in Tarantino fashion? It's Tarantino's ode to Hollywood, the good, the bad, and the ugly of it all. The movie follows the almost Don Quixote and Sancho Panza, pair of fictional characters, Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth, as they navigate the decline of their careers during Hollywood's golden age. Dalton is an actor who is worried his career has peaked, while Booth, his stunt double, has trouble finding work due to his reputation around Hollywood as being hard to work with and the rumor that he may have murdered his wife. The pair have a strong bond of friendship that is rare in most Hollywood movies these days. Since Cliff has trouble finding stunt work, he acts as Rick's loyal chauffeur, handyman, and hype man to make a living. Much of the movie takes place over several days as events connected to the careers of Rick, Cliff, and Sharon Tate, played by Margot Robbie, unfold. While the Manson family and the events leading up to the Tate murders lurk in the background, providing the building tension that leads to the violent climax of the movie. The movie's final act is set up as if the Tate murders will play out in all its historical gruesome horror, but instead, the Manson family breaks into Rick's house as he and Cliff are having a guy's night, getting drunk and bonding. Rick is relaxing in the pool, his wife is asleep, and Cliff is tripping on acid while his dog Brandy lays on the couch. The movie makes Cliff out to be a man's man. Cliff is a real-life Clint Eastwood character, having picked fights with the likes of Bruce Lee and one. So after Cliff realizes the Manson intruders aren't just the fresh conjurings of a bad trip, a brutal sequence plays out where Brandy, Cliff, and eventually Rick defend their home and savagely kill the intruders. Until that final act, the movie is a slow burn. Perhaps too slow for some, but Tarantino has a knack for making even ordinary events feel interesting. So while much of the movie works out like an ordinary day in the life of the main characters, each scene works because it feels specially crafted and Tarantino is a master of dialogue. 
whether it's Rick Dalton's freaking, whether it's Rick Dalton freaking out in his trailer, Sharon Tate going to see her own movie in a the theater, or Cliff Booth meeting the Manson family at Spawn Ranch, each scene pulls you in individually while they collaboratively build tension into the final act. As of right now, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is my favorite movie of the year. It is a movie with so many layers, contradictions, and juxtapositions. It somehow simultaneously communicates the love and frustrations Tarantino has with Hollywood, both then and now. The acting, dialogue, pacing, and gratuitous violence are all superb, and the fairy tale aspect of the story honestly felt fresh after having seen so many movies the last decade where evil triumphs over good, friends betray each other, no good deed goes unpunished, married couples cheat, and as the viewer, you find yourself hating every character because they're all scumbags. That's not to say these characters are good people. Much of the movie has a dark tinge to it, but it's done with Tarantino's grim wit, which tends to give the characters a certain charm that makes you want to root for his characters and delve into this fanboy version of Hollywood that he's created. Nine out of ten would watch again. Wow. Good job. <laughs> very, very well said, Joey. Wow. Thanks. Good references well to done. classic literature in there. Yep, I try. <laughs> <laughs> you, you I tried, know, I tried to do a little ode, bit. There was an ode to the English teacher in that. You could just tell, yes. like, how it was written. Great job, man. Wow, Thank it was you. written very Short well. And sweet, I like it. Yeah, yeah, I tried. It's very good. All right, Athena, I, I realized you were really excited to talk about this film. Your thoughts? <laughs> um, so sometimes I'm just not sure how I feel about Quentin Tarantino. We watched Pulp Fiction, me for the first time, like mm. a couple weeks ago. I never saw it. Yeah, and. And like I feel, I feel the same way about most of his movies. Like I've seen *Inglorious Bastards*, and I've seen, um, I haven't seen *Kill Bill* actually. Volume One, and I've seen something you else. Seen what? I haven't seen *Inglorious Bastards*. Yeah, he has so not. I know what it's about, which is why mm-hmm. I referenced it in this movie, but what? I haven't seen it. Yeah. What? Hold, uh, stop everything. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, stop everything. We need to end what? this podcast right now. And go upstairs and watch it. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Oh my goodness! Okay, it's, let's it's, just move it's on. Like towards the I'm top, not even gonna. It's like towards the top of my list. So towards the top, dude. Put it at the top. Uh, fight Club. No, no. Forget about that stuff. Luke, top, I get top. a point. Okay. I get a point okay. right okay. now. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm just telling you that I get a point right now because I've seen Inglorious Bastards. Yes, you do get a point. Joey doesn't. Wow. Okay, that's one. Wow. That's one. Wow. Okay. But Joey, that's a big one. Man. Okay. I mean, that's that's just not any point. I mean, wow. that's like a that's like a okay. Empire State Building point. Athena hadn't seen The Matrix. But Joey's that's not that's, that's, Glorious yeah, that's a little bit different. We hold her to a lower standard. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Okay, well, I'll see it before we do our next podcast. So <laughs> correct all my oh my yeah. word. So I've Go seen ahead, all Pete, those. I'm sorry, it's okay. And I've seen Django Unchained, and I feel like like there were moments in all of those movies that I was really like excited that I was really enjoying it, and then moments that I was like, oh gosh, this is too much for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I didn't feel that way about this movie. I was like. I was sucked in the whole time, even though, I don't know, it wasn't like exciting the whole way through. It was very kind of slow for a long time, but I was, I wasn't bored. I wasn't like waiting. I wasn't realizing that it was three hours long or however long it was. Um, And then I was really excited about this movie because of the history behind it, because I love movies like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Which turned out to be super important to actually understanding what was uh going on in the movie. And, And I think that's why... I don't know. I think that's why they released in the trailer, like, they made sure you knew, um, like, her name and you knew yeah. mm. things like that. So I think yeah. that that was sort of his point is to, like, to say this is, we're going down this lane of history. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't go down that lane of history. They went totally different. And 
Um, I mean, I was a little bit scared by the people behind us who were laughing the whole time that ending scene was happening. Yeah. Just because well, it was I, I, so brutal yeah. and gruesome mm-hmm. and like yeah. my mouth was wide open the whole time, but I wasn't laughing. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was I, a little it was, unnerving. I should, but. I, should also, I should, should also say it was unnerving, but also we found out right afterward that they, this was like the fourth time they'd yeah, seen they'd the seen movie. Yeah, they'd seen it multiple so. times. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like maybe, I don't know, maybe it would be more. Why you turn around right away? Why are you guys laughing? Yeah, I was just weirdos. like. <laughs> maybe it would be more humorous if I once I watched this second time. I don't know. Should I move away? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think there is i think for a lot of people there is something to bad people getting brutally mm. murdered so um and that that right. being that being a th- that being a release well, of like good yeah. good yeah like feelings rather than bad ones and so. i mean and i was sort of on the edge of my seat too because you, i mean if you read what happened yeah in real history like she's nine months pregnant yeah. or eight months mm-hmm. pregnant yeah, eight or months something pregnant, and i was yeah. like I don't know She's if I can watch pregnant, this. And it's it's five they kill five people. Like yeah. it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like it's so gruesome. So yeah. so Tarantino was like, We're gonna do this just as gruesome, but the other way around. So Yeah. So I don't know. I really I would love to see it again just because I do feel that way. I feel like there are probably so many things I missed or I wasn't like I was so ready for the ending that I was yeah. missing what was happening before that point, I guess. Um but no, I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, that's definitely my favorite of all the films I've seen of his. Yeah. Um, well, I just, yeah. I also just realized how, I also realized how, like, in-depth, like, how many layers there were and, and how much was going on in all the references because I talked with my Aunt Marianne who, um, who lived in Hollywood and worked in Hollywood as a screenwriter for many years. Um, and, like, and so she saw the movie and we both talked about it. And we were both talking about, like, what certain references to things in the movie that we noticed and we both had like a completely different list. And I realized like all this stuff that she had noticed that I hadn't noticed at the point of just watching the film once. And it's just, it's packed full of stuff. Like he's a fanboy, like you can tell. Like, oh yeah. He loves like, oh like, yeah. yeah. The, scene, the scenes where he's driving along and you're not seeing anything except him driving. And in the background, you're just seeing signs yeah. of old uh, bars, of yeah. old clubs, of old gas stations. And I, and I was watching, I was like, this is such a. A commercial for you know nineteen you know, what was the year nineteen sixty nine or yeah. nineteen sixty nine Hollywood. I mean, this is just a big commercial for it. You know, I was a little frustrated by that. I was like, yeah, this is great for people who understand it, but for for ninety nine percent of Americans who don't weren't alive and don't know what was going on in Hollywood at that time and had never been to these places. You know, it was just like really boring to watch him drive, and and I can just imagine all the people who understood what was going on going, oh look at that place, oh that place, yeah. oh that place. You yeah, know, that's so all well and good for them. Was, yeah. yeah, but but for the rest of us, I was just like, okay, I understand what's going on here, but can we get to the interesting parts, please? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think this movie, maybe even more than some of his other movies, like him knowing so much about like Hollywood and, and just like delving into it so much. This was definitely like. Him as a fanboy, I felt like going like I know more than you, and I'm going to show it off. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Dub, what were your thoughts? Um. Yeah. First of all, well done, Joey. That was a nice little review. There. Thank you. There was some, and I, I agree with that. I mean, uh, you know, it was slow for me. Yeah. This is not a movie I would go to the theater to see. It's just it's not. You did. You I, did. I go did to see it there because okay. I well had because we, we told you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because Luke, yeah, Luke, Luke was like, "Yo, make sure you go see it," and I was like. Dang it, man! How much is it? Oh, Twelve bucks. I, it's just this you is guys not a theater. movie. We're like we're like fifteen bucks. Just when I go, I know. Movies no, when I go to see a, a theater, a, a movie in the theater, it's because it's something I really want to see. Gotcha. This, this to me was like because well, seeing the trailers. Okay, I get it. Quentin Tarantino. I really, I my favorite of his is Inglorious Bastards. I like. Okay. I really enjoyed it. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. But just seeing the trailer and stuff, it did look like a fanboy piece. Yeah. Just kind of how life was. Yeah. Through it all. And I'm like, this looks okay. It but is very it, slice of life for like three quarters of the movie too. Right. And so I'm like, this for, it's not a movie that I would choose to go watch. And it was kind of a chore. And I was there like kind of playing games on my phone while I'm waiting for it to start. Like I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm here. Yeah. 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 And... Um, yeah, it was pretty slow for me. I there were it was a there was it was slow for me with 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 little spurts of interesting stuff mm-hmm. throughout it. I felt like the scene of him showing up at the uh, uh, Manson camp. Yeah, yeah, that whole thing was very interesting. I'm I'm like it's I'm so locked. tense. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah so I, tense. and it's like what and, and, you know and it, and it looked so like the pictures and stuff that you're used oh, to seeing. Right. You're like, yeah. man, this looks just like, look at these women. They're just disgusting. Everything yeah. gross. Yeah. Gro- <laughs> like just and you open the door, just flies yeah. and just yeah. hippies. And ugh. yeah, but, but, um, and when he kind of discovered it and he kind of portrayed that. Yeah. And where he was discovered it and he's just kind of like, what the, yeah. what is going on? You know? And, yeah. um, that had me locked in the scene where he, um, I really enjoyed, Cliff's character and um, I forget his name already. Leonardo, Cliff Leonardo. and Rick. 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 Rick Dalton. Rick Dalton. I loved his character too. Yeah. Um, I thought he to me just acted like I feel like an actor would. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Just and his scene with the with the uh, the little girl uh, yeah. when he was acting it out and that scene had me locked in. Yes. Um, and so the the stuff in between. Hey, yeah. can you go fix my? Right, and they yeah. use the you know go fix the thing on the roof, and they show him like fixing the roof. I'm just like next, oh yeah, next. Yeah. And so they used it to kind of show Tate. That's what they were doing. They were right. he was kind of like as he's doing this, he kind of looks over. They're sharing Tate in there, well, kind of doing her thing. I'm like yeah. okay. And so um, there were there were times where I was just gone. Yeah. In the movie, where I'm mm-hmm. like, please just get move on to the next thing. And there were times where I was really really locked in. Yeah. The ending was totally brutal. I'm used to seeing it. I'm like, okay, here's Tarantino. Now he's showing up. Uh, you yeah. know, bam, bam, the head, you know. And it's it's tough for me to see women on the receiving end of that. I know it's the I know it's the the murderers. Yeah. Now was there a man involved? Because I thought it was just yes. ladies. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. Yeah. Text does text does text text basically all the work. Like for from real. My understanding. I thought because yeah. my history on it was a little fuzzy, and yeah. I'm sitting here going. Okay. I believe that the woman's primary role was to hold the other people yes. down while Tex killed them. Tex, yeah. okay. Tex, yeah, Tex does right. almost all the, the um, brutal work, yeah. Right. Primarily. And, and they, yeah. they killed people too, but Tex was apparently the one. Right. And so my history was a little fuzzy, and that probably affected, because um, I was like, how did this go down again? Right. But then when they were kind of showing up with Brad Pitt, I'm like, okay, I kind of see... Same with Django. Same with the, the the different with the Nazis. Remember the glorious and they're they're yeah. You know, well, right. I probably shouldn't. Joey didn't see it. Right. That's your it's fault, fine. Joey. It's I'm fine. talking about it's it. Fine. <laughs> um, and so I'm like, oh, okay. So of course that had me, you know, up and watching and stuff. Yeah. And it was really brutal. But to me, I was like, this is obviously this is where really Tarantino comes in and does his thing. Yeah. Um, ultimately, like I'm glad I saw it. I, I understand. The, the nostalgia of it, the the messages, you know, understand the Tarantino and all that stuff. It was slow for me. It's not a movie I would see in the theater. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll see it again. Um, but I of all of it, I enjoyed Leo and Brad Pitt's portrayal of their characters most of anything. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were entertaining in and of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that the... Um how well they sold you, how well they, we walked into that uh, uh, 
thinking that a pedophile and a murderer was a good guy. You know, Brad Pitt's mm. character was clearly a pedophile. Um, you know, he was watching that girl. Oh, that girl? Yeah, wow. that girl. And he and he had to ask her, how old are you? And that didn't change the fact that he was still attracted to her. It didn't matter how old she was. It just mattered whether he was going to be sexually involved with her. He was still attracted to her. You know, he's clearly, you know, 30 That's years, interesting. I 30 didn't years take, older. I didn't, he's I 30 years that, older than that yeah, girl. Yeah, I didn't take that away either. He's, 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 well, he's yeah. a pedophile. I mean, that's what a pedophile is. You know, somebody who's I thought it was, like sexually attracted to really, really young people. And not only that, how we were suddenly on his side when they showed his annoying wife. You know, uh, I mean, he suddenly yeah. he's justified in killing her. You know, if he did, you know, he's justified in doing it because you're left with the feeling that yeah, she deserved it. She had what a completely annoying but, wife. But he's, okay. a, he's a pedophile and he's a murderer. You know, and in and, and, and any sort of other circumstance, if I saw an old man like that trying to pick up women and then asking him how old they are, um, uh, you know, legally, he's a pedophile, you know. Um, I think I think your that's interesting. I, I think I your interpretation I think your interpretation is very 2019 because I I think like that kind of stuff like nobody thought about pedophiles or yeah. anything like that in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it was ever weird for like an old dude to pick up a young girl who was hitchhiking. Like it just like I, I don't think it was weird like that. Um, and so I don't necessarily. And he did think it was he weird. did refuse her advances. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it was. Yeah, I don't think it was weird for her to for her for him to pick her yeah, up. Like I don't think he picked her the, up the, the, with the intention of doing anything necessarily. The, the staring. But then she got, but then oh, well, she he got, definitely did pick maybe, her up with intention. That's why he asked her, "How old are you?" you well, know? he asked her, "How old are you?" Because she said, she "Yeah, yeah, him, I know." She propositioned him, but yeah. I, I'm I'm saying he had to ask, "How old are you?" And if the answer was, "I'm 18," and here's proof. Then he would have accepted the proposition. That much is clear. Why else was he looking at her? I mean, why else would he want to pick this girl up? You know, he definitely was looking at her with lustful intentions when he yeah, first saw yeah, her. Yeah. You know, that, I, that I just don't think I don't know if that makes him a, pe- a pedo. <laughs> okay. Okay. Maybe pedophile is a strong word, but it's a very strong <laughs> word. I I I think I and mean I I, I, I is think it clear give, that he given his how wife old too? he is and given how young she is, what else am I to conclude? Right. He's I just mean, into young women. I mean, come on. I could guess she well, was in her early twenties. Yeah, she could have. But also she was sixteen. Yeah, right. Which yeah. is why well, he. Yeah, asked. which is why he asked her. Which is yeah, why. Was he suddenly not attracted point. to her anymore? He was still uh, attracted to her. You know, yeah. that didn't change anything. It just changed about what am I going to do about it. That's all. And and and, and secondly, he's a murderer. He's a murderer, but well, we he's a good guy. Do we know that? No, we don't. We don't know that, but it doesn't make a difference because everyone in that theater is going, "Yeah, well, she deserved it." I mean, look how annoying she is. You know, that was not viewed as a bad thing. This guy, you know, if he did, they're like, well, she deserved it. Yeah, I mean, you I know? can see that after it was you're talking por- about it. It was I portrayed as she definitely deserves to be killed. Hmm. It was funny, you know? I, I thought it was like, yeah, wow. It was, it was grim humor. I don't think it, I don't necessarily, if it was portrayed like she deserves to be killed, but like, but like there was like this attempt at understanding, like, like, okay, like, okay, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, whatever it is, it murder, just felt like dark comedy. Yeah, right. So, but I'm, I'm just character. saying that that now our heroes are murderers. You know what I'm saying? You know that. I mean, is this how? Yeah, far that's we been come? a Hollywood tactic for 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 a, a long, long time, time to sell it to you. But but that's what they sold. They sold the fact that this guy um, likes really young women. I'll say that instead of saying pedophile, and um, is a murderer. But he's a good guy, and we want him to succeed. You know, and I I thought that was well, that was an interesting I, thing. I thought that was really well, interesting that 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 now this is where we are. Our heroes are murderers now. I don't necessarily. I wouldn't necessarily say that. That's, that's an interesting that's take. Where, I didn't yeah, that I don't know all. that. I would say that's where we are as as a whole because Tarantino is a very different person than a very different director with very different takes than like I would say the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this Tarantino watching Pulp Fiction again too. I kind of realized this. Like he 
he's also definitely he he's super um, influenced by like postmodern literature. Uh-huh. Like this movie, this I didn't mention it in my review, but this movie, the pacing of it, I think the reason the pacing didn't bother me because I could see why it would bother other people, like because of how slow it is, and it almost feels like there's no plot at certain times before you really well, it get certainly to the felt end. that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. because mm-hmm. like you're you're just hanging on the hinge of. Basically, Leonardo DiCaprio trying to regain his his right. popularity. Yeah, right. Um, That's like almost the plot. Yeah, and so and, and so, but but it to me it didn't it didn't feel slow because because um, it kind of felt like this book that I really like, um, written by Don DeLillo called White Noise. But it, a lot of it is like these. It's basically the sequence of his life. Like he's kind of like living through his life, and there's. There's almost like basically no overarching plot for a lot of it until the end and where it kind of comes together. And you kind of see like the thread throughout, which was basically the Manson family here, right? And Sharon Tate and the Manson family and then being in Hollywood. It's kind of like this overarching thread, but you don't see it really until the end, right? And so, but it, it's almost like a day in the life of, but it takes these really almost ordinary <coughs> events and, and makes them really interesting and kind of extraordinary in certain ways. But it's like almost like a sequence of short stories in this guy's life, right? Yep. And that's kind of what this felt like. Like almost like days in the life of yeah, that's what it felt but, like. To but me. Tarantino, Tarantino, and this is something I've realized recently, um, and that I think sets people like Tarantino and the Coen Brothers apart, um, is like just how good they are at getting the details right, and also their dialogue. Like again, watching like Pulp Fiction, when um, uh, when Samuel L. Jackson and uh, John Travolta's characters were introduced to them, their, our introduction to them as the viewer is like so mundane. They drive to the, they drive in their car to the place where they're going to go kill those guys in the apartment, and then they walk up, and it's like five, maybe, probably longer. It's like might be like a ten minute sequence, but like their whole conversation about how he just visited Amsterdam and like what they call cheeseburgers over there, it's so ridiculous, but it's also like so interesting the conversation they're having, mm-hmm. and that whole sequence is propelled by their dialogue. There's literally nothing going on, but. But Tarantino is revealing all this interesting stuff about their characters, and we're getting to know them as they're having this conversation between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is like what kind of drove this movie in a lot of ways too. There's a lot of like almost like regular sequences. Like, oh, I could see like I could see how it'd be frustrating for for like Leonardo DiCaprio to be in this position as an actor, right, and stuff like that. But but it's propelled by this really like these really interesting interactions and dialogue. Like the the whole sequence with him and the and the girl. When when he sits down and she's like ignoring him and she's like really intent as an actress. Right? Oh she's yeah, like the, seven, the girl actress. Old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just stuff like that. That's like I don't know. Like no other other directors wouldn't be able to get away with. Mm. Like you wouldn't have that sequence and be interested at all. Mm. Like if Tarantino hadn't done it. Mm. And I noticed that yeah, I noticed true. that with Coen Brothers stuff too. That they just like they like stuff like scenes are happening and they're and they seem so mundane. And like if anybody else had done it, it would right. not be interesting at all. But yeah. for and them, yet, it's yet so you're entertained somehow. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and you, you're interested in the film. But I, I'm saying that the this is not the first time it's happened with with Quentin Tarantino and in, in Glorious Bastards, the the uh, the bastards themselves commit war crimes. Yeah. Yeah. They're committing war crimes yeah. when they're beating up that guy with a baseball bat. That's yeah. a war crime. And but it's okay because he's a Nazi. Because he's a Nazi, right? right? So you know anything's justified. So I'm saying that in Quentin Tarantino's films, his heroes in so a regular were, society would be horrible people. But oh, yeah, he sells that was them my to point. You. He did, sells yeah, them to I you. I got totally off base. No, that's there. true. Yeah. Now, is that something yeah, you were looking for? Yeah, my point about the hero was just that being kind of influenced by postmodern like lit and culture, mm-hmm. um, the whole the whole thing about postmodernism is like turning certain things on their head. Mm-hmm. And so like to have a to have a 
hero who does villainous things is very like kind of like postmodern mm-hmm. um in that in that intent like to have someone who you're kind of rooting for despite the fact that like you've yeah. only yeah. gotten bad details right. about that. that's right. interesting yeah. i um i didn't pick that up one bit you know maybe i'm getting i don't know you know maybe maybe they're getting to me that just seems. I, like yeah, I hope not. But I think I oh, think that's, that's something to be on guard on. That's something to be yeah. This is Tarantino, thing, but something on guard on because I mean, the, I mean, if we are really portraying our heroes, the next step, and I think this is is a logical thing, is is to find the 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 pro life and abolitionist protesters for staying outside the abortion clinic, and someone takes a gun and kills one of them, we'll go, well, I mean, that's what something my hero would do. Well, th- that's you know, already something, well, that's, 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 that's something our society already embraces. Right. I'm right. Didn't, that, on, didn't that guy, wasn't there that, that happened? Uh, was that, I forget who it was, but that guy who kicked the... Yeah, Roundhouse uh, kicked the yeah, girl. Yeah. Well, I don't... I, people I, don't, I think there was. Him. I think there was a minority that rooted for him. I think most people condemned it. From what I saw, no, but uh, from at least, on the but that in Hollywood, the though, that is already accepted. You know, hence the scene in in it's called the Secret Service. Secret Service. Oh, Kingsman. The, yeah, the Kingsman. Um, yeah, that's true. There was never more oh, yeah, clear than that yes. right there, where right. he just mowed down a church. I yes. mean, just mowed it down, it's true. and you, you as the audience, because of what they were saying, right, are are rooting for him to just right. kill everyone, right? And that was obvious. They created a good excuse to kill innocent right. people, yeah, yeah, who did not deserve to be killed, yeah, yeah. and uh, that. I mean, that goes back as far as Shawshank Redemption and back. I mean, it goes a long time back. You yeah, yeah, but I, I think I think society is definitely moving that way. As we head away from the yeah. Bible and the scriptures, we head away towards the innocent people are guilty and the guilty people are innocent. So, and I think I saw that in the, in this film where you know one of the one of the coolest guys in the film is a murderer. And um, I mean, if he did kill his wife, but it doesn't right. make a difference because because even if he want, didn't, she definitely deserves. As long it. as the audience wants him to, right. that's the that's the intent. That's the intent, gotcha. right? Exactly. One thing I really loved about this film was was I love films like and the Coen Brothers do this all the time, where they drop historical clues for you, and only the people who know the history behind what they just said can really truly appreciate what happened there. Mm-hmm. You have to know about the Manson film, The Murders, to understand and truly appreciate this film. You can't just walk into it as a regular movie goer, oh, this looks good. You have yeah. to have well, that some, was more. That was more to me, have knowledge. Yeah. And, well, yeah, and that's why, and that's, I think that's the main thing that, as I mean, to why. My history, I knew what was going on, but I, it was fuzzy. And I was yeah, like, well, okay. that's, and that's the main thing why it feels yeah. slow, like when you don't know that. Yeah. Right. Because you literally, you have no thread then. Yes, And exactly. so like legitimately, like there's that scene that, that if you don't know about the Manson murders, that scene where where Charlie Manson shows up, yeah, yeah, it's, he's just in that well, one see, scene. Yeah, he just says, he says, "Hey, where you know?" But if you do door. know, you're like, "Wow, yeah, this is a heavy this, scene. Yeah, this is a heavy know, scene. This is so intense." And yes. if you don't, so Sharon you're like, Tate, you're like who Tate is that creepy him. guy? And why did yes. he never show up again? Sharon Tate right. sees him and he sees Sharon, right? And then because yeah. you can say, "Oh man, she's looking at her killer right there," basically. Right, right. And so, and so, I want to reference two Coen Brothers films where they did this in in. Uh, one of my favorite films of all time, True Grit, uh, when when mm-hmm. when they start arguing about which side of the Civil War were you on, mm-hmm. and he goes, I was I was in the Virginia Regulars, and I don't have to hang my head when I say it. And then he goes, Where were you? He goes, uh, he, he, and, and he says he says to Maddie, he goes, he was hanging out with Bloody Bill Anderson and and, and, and Captain Quantrell, and then and then. Um, uh, what's his face? Rooster turns around. and goes, "If you had served with Captain Quantrell, you would know, you know, what he did with." And 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 you have to know. I just absolutely love this about this film. You have to know about the controversy of 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 Bill Anderson and Captain Quantrell and what they did in uh, uh, is it the Lawrence Lawrence Kansas and what happened there. And there's a huge controversy to this day about where they justified and do what they did because they killed people. 
And and there's just that little hint in that film where they have a 30 second argument about whether or not that was justified, an argument that still continues today. Yeah. That cannot be appreciated unless you know about the argument. Yeah. And uh, the other the other Coen Brothers film was um, uh, what was the other one? I can't remember. I, I had it. I had it in my head. I can't remember what it is. But but in this film, I really liked the fact that you have to know history. You can't just yeah. walk in here as a bumpkin and truly appreciate everything about yeah. this film. You have to know history. I love that. And the historical clues that he gives in this film, I think, raises the bar of of movie making, which I've been saying for a long time. Which him and the Coen Brothers have been doing. They've been raising the bar that you can't just be any sort of schmuck and just entertain me. No, yeah. you have to walk in with knowledge about events that happened before, which I think is just a really great thing. And I, I absolutely love it. Oh, yes. Yeah, so the other one was uh, Inside Lewin Davis. Uh, when uh, Lewin Davis gets kicked out of the, uh, the gaslight, um, and I think it's called the gaslight, and he gets kicked out and he gets beat up by that guy. But there's this one scene where you see Bob Dylan walking up there. And if you don't know who Bob Dylan is and what he did, what he accomplished, you can't appreciate that scene. Yeah. But to me, the whole movie almost becomes worth it just for that one little scene. Yeah. It's just like that song that you like. You just like that one little part, but because you like the one little part, you like the entire song. Yeah. You know. So I, I think the Coen Brothers and, and Tarantino are raising the bar again by not just allowing you to walk in there with no knowledge and just, hey, entertain me. I don't want to see these things blow up. Yeah. I think the standard of movies should be going up. It's been going up ever since Hollywood ever existed. The standard should be continue should be uh, the standard of excellence should be keep going up and they're incorporating history and historical context clues which I think is a really great thing and yeah. I think this film did a very wonderful this job. This film is all that. Yes. It's basically built on it. Yes, yeah. I think yeah. it did a really good job. That if you know your history um, and what happened with the Manson murders and not only that but they the whole Manson family uh, squeaky uh, squeaky from. Yeah. You know, who was played by uh, Dakota Fanning. Yeah. You know, you have to know who she was, yeah. what she was doing there. You know, um, Susan Atkins, uh, who they called uh, Sexy Sadie, I think. Um, you know, she, she later converted to Christianity. She was in that film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, I mean, just really great, really great um, ideas of you have to know your history before you walk into these films, which I think is a really great thing. So, sorry, that was a rant. Oh, real no, quick. No, that was good. Bro, did you know? which is um, that Joey and I watched this series about serial killers called Mindhunter. And the, yeah, on Netflix. the guy who played Charlie Manson in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood plays him again in this series. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah. plays like a really, a much older version of him, like in jail. In they jail. interview okay. him. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we see Tex Watson, too. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Who, according really to cool. the show, also converted to Christianity. Yeah. Um, but oh, wow. But that may not be... I think, I think it is. It is but... I mean, yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. I, I don't know if he. I don't know if he at the at the time of the interview, him, which is only, which is in the eighties, so which would be about a dec- <coughs> about a decade later than after the murders. Mm-hmm. Um, he yeah, he claims he did in that in that show. I don't know. I it's, it tries to play mostly historically accurate. I think mm-hmm. so. I um, think I think yeah. that one, um, probably my favorite scene from that film was when Leonardo DiCaprio really picks it up and hits his groove and starts acting. Yeah. And you're just watching oh, that was this awesome. and that you're was going, thrilling. this is, you know, this is, this is Leonardo DiCaprio playing an actor acting Yeah, <laughs> and it's still great acting. Yeah. You know, it's, that was just so well done. Yeah. And you just, it just wanted him to succeed so bad. Yeah. You know, I think the whole time you're like, he's just kind of been every kind of success. He's, it was always been like a little trip somewhere. Yeah. But this time he blew it out of the park. And you're like, I, I always knew you could do it. Rick Dalton, you know, and you kind of become like a little mini yeah, miniature Rick Dalton like, that fan. That was there. the best acting I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Dalton. 
you know. I, he's I, like, I'm gonna show him who I am. Yeah. <laughs> actually, yeah, my, and my my favorite, my, one of my favorite scenes from that movie too is the scene right before where he's in the trailer where he messes oh, yeah. up and he walks yeah. in the trailer yeah. and he's just yeah. swearing and he's yeah. he's so mad he's just screaming at himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, you're gonna quit drinking. And he picks yeah, the yeah, bottle yeah. up and he starts yeah. drinking. Yeah. Yeah. No, away. no. <laughs> <laughs> he throws it away. I was just yeah. like, I was like, I don't know, just to be under. Like under that kind of like personal scrutiny and stuff like that, yeah. I just was like, I was like, that's such a great display of that. Yeah, you wanted him to succeed yeah. in that film. You just yeah. wanted him to, yeah. and they spent a lot of time making you want him to succeed. Yeah. And when that scene where he did the really good acting, it was really good acting, and everybody knew it was really good acting. Yeah. And you're like, yes, he's finally getting it. Yes, I knew he could do it. Yes, and you're kind of rooting for him. Well, and apparently, like a lot of even though he's fictional, like that's a, there's like more references there because he's. A lot of his career follows Clint Eastwood's career. Okay. Um, like as like because uh, I guess Clint Eastwood. I read that Clint Eastwood had to go to Italy to do westerns in Italy. What, uh, what he calls Italian westerns. Italian. <laughs> I don't westerns. want any of those Italian westerns. Yeah. Spaghetti yeah. westerns. Oh, I liked. Uh, I liked when he Steve went, like I guess Steve McQueen was Remember great. That, yeah. that guy um, was here. I was like that Damian Lewis. Like, yeah. Oh really? Like, played play Steve, Steve McQueen. I was like, that guy looks just like yeah. Steve McQueen. I know he did a great job. I was like, oh my gosh, it's Damian Lewis. Wow, did a great job. Looks just. Oh, like they him. had those dumb little cool. things where what if Rick Dalton played in because uh, he turned down the role. Yeah. Oh the yeah, Great Escape. Yeah. They said, what if he was in it? And they showed Leo. In that there. was great. I was like, that's kind of cool. That I was class. That, that was yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, Joey has a great review. I'm going to post this up on the website, uh, on the Facebook page when we re- uh, release this episode. So look for it there. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, this is Luke, Dove, Joey, and Brad and Athena. And we will see you next week for lists, which will be three movies where in which the beginning was the best part. So we will see you guys next week. See ya.